Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and this is the seventh and final lecture in our series on Cicero's Stoic Paradoxes. I want to thank you for joining me. In this final lecture, we'll go over the last and perhaps one of the most important of the paradoxes discussed in the book, and this is one which states that only the wise man is wealthy. Only the wise man is wealthy. This podcast is brought to you courtesy of Fortress of the Mind Publications. If you don't have a copy of my book, Stoic Paradoxes, you can find it on my website at qcurtius.com under the tab Books. And there's a link there right to the book, and it takes you right to Amazon. You can get it there. And it is available both in Kindle version and in paperback. The lectures here will help you understand the concepts, describe them in great detail, and maybe whet the appetite for further study. Let's first go over the main points of this last paradox, which again is only the only the wise man is wealthy. Only the wise man is wealthy. The main points are these. Who can be said to be truly rich? Who can be said to be truly rich? And the answer is only the man of virtue. The greedy man, the second point is the greedy man cannot be said to be rich. The third point is a truly rich man is capable of fulfilling all his desires. The fourth point is real wealth comes from abundance. Real wealth comes from abundance. Fifth point is thrift truly can be called an income. Thrift truly can be called an income. And finally, the last point in this paradox is only those who truly have virtue can be said to be rich. Only those who truly have virtue can be said to be rich. Now, what we're going to do is go through the paradox, go through the question that he proposes, and elucidate and elaborate on what Cicero means by each of these points and show how those apply to our lives and to our daily living and working and in all of our relationships. The dialogue is written, again, in the form of rhetorical delivery. It's written almost in the form of a speech. And again, this was done for stylistic reasons, and perhaps because Cicero just could not turn off the lawyer side of himself. He was always making speeches, even when he was writing. Well, he starts out by challenging the reader. He says, so do you think you are the only one who is wealthy? What he's saying to us is, don't talk to me about how wealthy you are. Don't brag to me about your wealth. I don't want to hear it. Do you think you're the only one who has money? Do you think you're the only one who is wealthy? And what do we mean by riches? What riches, he says, are we to really understand when we use this word? And here, he, again, this is section 42 of the book. He says, I believe it applies to that man whose holdings are such that he is easily content to live freely, who asks for nothing, hungers for nothing, and wishes for nothing more. And this is what he considers a wealthy man. Again, someone 
who is content to live freely, who asks for nothing, hungers for nothing, and wishes for nothing more. Your spirit alone should be the judge of whether you are rich. Your spirit alone should be this judge, not the pronouncements of others and not your possessions themselves. Does your spirit believe that nothing is lacking? That nothing more should be cared for? That it is satiated or even content with the money it has? And if this is true, then we can say that you are rich. So this is a very important point that he's making here. It's up to you. It's almost as if the person who can fill his stomach to its gastric capacity can be said to be satisfied. And the person who hungers for nothing, wants nothing, is in need of nothing, can truly be said to be rich. But there's more. There's much more than that. What is wealth? The wealth, again in section 44, wealth is the mind of man, not his bank account. Wealth is the mind. Even if your bank account may be full of money, you may not be rich. You will not be rich as long as it is perceived that you are empty, as long as you perceive yourself as being empty. In truth, he says, as far as riches are concerned, men measure wealth by what is thought to be satisfactory for each person. The definition of wealth is not absolute. The definition of wealth varies from man to man, from person to person. Because using this analogy, he goes into this to illustrate this. He says, does someone have a daughter? Well, then he needs money. Does he have two daughters? He needs more. He's referring to dowries here, of course. And does he have more than two daughters? Well, then he needs more money still. The amount of money needed for a man to be personally accommodated is the measure of his riches. We can measure the riches of a man by how much money it takes for him to be personally accommodated. As for the man who does not have daughters, but he has numerous physical desires which can exhaust his resources, how can we call that man rich when he always might feel himself to be in dire need? Well, the answer is we cannot. We cannot call him rich. And there's an old saying that Cicero likes to use here and in other places that you can never really consider a man truly rich unless he can fund his own army, unless he can fund his own legions. So he says, you'll never be rich until you're receiving from your holdings a sufficient amount such that you can support six legions and a great number of cavalry and infantry auxiliaries. Therefore, you now admit that you are not, in fact, rich if you can't do this. So what uh, Cicero is doing there in a humorous way is making the point that no one can be considered rich unless he can fund his own army. And of course, no one can really do that except the top 1% of the 1% of the 1%. Fruitfulness, he later says in section 47, is abundance in real wealth. Fruitfulness is abundance in real wealth, and an abundance and surplus of things indicates a real store of them. Again, let's think about that for a minute. What he's referring to here is the mentality of abundance, the, the, the idea that we should be satisfied with the things that we have, and also with our spirits and with our minds, be willing and able to generate additional abundance from those things. 
Perhaps this is the first appearance of that doctrine that we hear so often, which we call the abundance mentality. He later goes on to make the point that parsimony or thrift itself is a source of revenue. Thrift itself is a source of money. Section 49, he says, people have no idea what sort of a hidden income lies in parsimony. People have no idea what sort of income you can derive from just saving money. And he makes the illustration here, which is very practical and almost unexpected for a philosophical treatise like this. He says that some people squander money and some people do not. One man may seek to receive 600 sesterces for his estates and rent. A sesterce was a, a unit of currency, of course. And he says, I myself might get only 100 sesterces. But since the other man insists on gilded ceilings in his houses, as well as marble floors, and has an infinite love of statues, paintings, furniture, and fine clothing, his income of 600 sesterces is not really a net gain, but actually shows an outflow of money. But the rent that the other man receives of only 100 sesterces actually shows a profit after he deducts all of the expenses of his luxuries. So who is richer, he who is lacking or he who has the surplus? Again, the practical point being made here, it isn't what you make, it's what you keep that matters. It isn't what you make, it's what you keep that matters. So when someone tries to buffalo you, when someone tries to impress you and puff themselves up at you by saying and bragging about how much money they make, take a good hard look and see what actually they might be keeping and not what they might be making. Because we have no idea what sort of a value lies in thrift. We just don't know until we see the numbers. Someone who, make, who may make half as much as someone else might in fact be twice as rich because his overhead is less, his expenses are less, and he knows how to budget and save money much better than the other person who ostensibly thinks of himself as rich and tells everyone else that he's rich. Are the richer men the, one who, the ones who possess more? It's not really the tally on a tax census form, Cicero says, but one's daily bread and culture that truly determines the amount of one's money. Not to be desirous of things is money. Very important point here in section 51. Not to be desirous of things is money. Not to love buying things is an income. Being content with the things one has is a great and most certain form of wealth. And that is so true and so important. And if we can maybe derive nothing at all from this paradox, paradox number six in the book, we should remember this. Not to be desirous of things is an income. Not to love buying things is an income. And being content with the things that we have is a most certain form of wealth. And, you know, we see this so often and we encounter it so much in our daily lives because the truth is simply the fact that there will, there will always be people out there with more than what we have. There will always be people out there with more money than we have, more cars, more boats, more toys, more, more trinkets. So to try to play that game 
of material one-upsmanship is a losing proposition. You're never going to win. You're never going to be happy. So you should focus instead on developing yourself and your own virtues, your own personality, your own skills, your own abilities, and stick to that. Tune out everything else. Don't listen to the nonsense. Don't listen to the noise. Focus on yourself. In section 52, Cicero says, Those who are gifted with virtue alone are rich. Only they are in possession of something that bears real fruit and that lasts forever. Only they are satisfied with the things they have, believe that what they have is adequate, who hunger for nothing, are in need of nothing, and feel that they are deficient in nothing and require nothing. The fool and the greedmonger. And here he comes to his peroration here, the last sentence of Stoic Paradoxes. He says, the fool and the greedmonger because they have possessions that are fleeting and exist by random chance, and because they are they always lust after more, not one of them ever having been found who was satisfied with what he had. Not only must they not be considered bounteous and rich, but rather they should be seen as poverty-stricken and needy. And what a great way to close the book Stoic paradoxes with this great sentence. And just because I have to share it with you, I want to read you this last sentence in Latin, just so you can get a feel for what the language sounded like and what Cicero would have sounded like speaking it. I think if you can hear him in his original voice, it might resonate with you. It doesn't matter if you can understand it or not. I'll read the translation after I'm done reading the Latin, just so you can get a better feel of it. But it's nice to hear it. So I'll do that. He says here in the last sentence of Stoic Paradoxes, Improbiatum et auri, quonium incertas, atque in casu positas possessiones habent, et plus semper appetunt, nec eorum quisquam ad hoc inventus est, quiquod haberet eset certis, non modo non copiosi ac divites, sedetiam in opes, ac pauperes existemandi sunt. So this will conclude our lecture series on Stoic Paradoxes. I hope you've enjoyed it. And you have all the lectures there on iTunes and SoundCloud if you need to review them and go over them again. Again, the book can be found on my website. If you go to the website qcurtius.com and look under the tab Books, you can find it. It takes you right to Amazon. These lectures have been brought to you courtesy of Fortress of the Mind Publications. If you've enjoyed this lecture, please go to iTunes and rate my podcast, which will help others to find it and enjoy it. And if you have any questions, follow-up questions on any of these doctrines or principles that we've brought up during this lecture series, feel free to email me and I'll do my best to answer them. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.